Welcome to the Russell Investments Market Week in Review for the week ending January 28th, 2022. My name is Ryan Pogajemski, and I'm joined today by our Director of Investment Strategies, Shay Shatria. Shay, thanks for being with us here today. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, really happy you could join us here uh, after what was a fairly busy week this week in, in terms of both economic data and market activity. But thought we could focus our discussion today on two of the main areas investors turned their attention to this week, which was number one, an update on some of the news coming out of global central banks. And then number two, some of the continued volatility uh, we saw within the equity markets. Does that work for you? Sounds good. Perfect. So starting with the central bank update, uh, obviously, Shay, you know, in, in the U.S., all eyes are turned on the Federal Reserve this week with their meetings and comments on Wednesday with investors looking for an indication on what some of their coming actions might be. Uh, well, from a more global perspective, the Bank of Canada released their most recent policy decisions as well. So want to get your takeaways uh, from some of this week's meetings and what some of the main messages communicated to investors were. There were a lot of similarities between both the Fed, Fed and the BOC, as we'll kind of discuss. So starting with the Fed, which is, of course, uh, the most sort of important and consequential for, for global markets, um, with regards to their policy decision, um, there wasn't too much of a surprise. They kept their interest rate unchanged at 0.25%. Um, and they did communicate, however, that uh, rate hikes are forthcoming. We know inflation is, is an issue, and that's what's been uh, on top of mind for, for most central banks. So rate hikes are, are forthcoming, and it does seem like they're gearing up the markets for a March uh, March rate hike. Now, March is interesting, um, which is also their next meeting, because um, what they've previously communicated is they do expect their quantitative easing program, uh, their, their asset purchase program, to end uh, in March. So we have a couple of things that will likely be going on potentially in, in the March uh, timeframe. Of course, you know, barring uh, any unforeseen circumstances that might change uh, the course of what they're currently projecting. Now, you know, that was all kind of uh, expected. I think where things got interesting um, as it relates to the, the to this week's announcement was at the press conference itself, where, you know, some of the comments were interpreted as a little bit more hawkish, um, uh, particularly from Chair, uh, Chairman Powell. He talked about so far the current recovery being uh, uh, much stronger than it had been in 2015, which is the last time they embarked on a rate hiking cycle. Um, he, uh, Powell also uh, uh, revised up his inflation forecast, um, which of course can be deemed as a, a bit more hawkish. So some of the comments that that were made at the conference at the press conference were, were were hawkish and interpreted as such. But the but he did try to you know balance those out and and did talk about how risks are indeed two sided. So they do have to mindful be mindful of that, and that requires the Fed to be a bit more nimble and 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 humble as it relates to uh, their their interest rate and and policy decisions more broadly going forward. You know our view is that as we said, March seems likely again barring some unknown or unforeseen circumstance and, and possibly June thereafter. Um, but the markets overall are pricing five uh, rate hikes. Now, you know, if, if inflation is, is sticky, indeed, you know, that's an outcome that could occur. But our view right now is that inflation moderates over the second half of the year. And that might take a bit of the pressure off uh, from the current uh, aggressive uh, Fed, uh, Fed pricing. So it takes a bit of the pressure off uh, from the Fed if, if inflation does indeed moderate. Now, you know, quickly switching to the Bank of Canada, there were a lot of similarities with, with 
with what the Fed said. The Bank of Canada, like the Fed, did not hike rates. They kept it at 0.25%. Um, but they were a little bit more explicit in their policy announcement that they no longer believe it's necessary to keep rates at the effective uh, lower bound and that, therefore, rate hikes uh, are, are, are coming. And that makes you know rate hikes in March highly likely uh, in Canada also, again, barring some unforeseen uh, circumstance. Now, the outlook for the Bank of Canada is, is also similar to the Fed. Uh, the markets are pricing in about five of rate hikes. Um, and similarly, we think that if inflation does mo- moderate uh, over the second half of the year, um, like the Fed, that would also take uh, inf- the pressure off the, the Bank of Canada to be as, as hawkish as perhaps the current market pricing is. So, you know, the key takeaway um, from our perspective is both the BOC and the Fed at the end of the day, they will be data dependent. And although market pricing is aggressive, if inflation does indeed moderate, um, kind of how we expect it to over the second half of the year, then that could take a bit of the pressure uh, off of both of the central banks. But clearly, inflation and data dependency uh, will be uh, crucial going forward. Sure. No, that's great. Thanks for that summary, Shay. And certainly have to keep an eye on again how that rate path and expectations uh, evolve as we get further into 2022 here. Um, but if we move over towards the, the equity side of things now and market performance and kind of what market reaction was to some of these events, you know, after a relatively smooth uh, 2021 last year, you know, so far this week, markets had one of the most volatile uh, weeks that they've seen in a while with some pretty dramatic swings uh, from from day to day. So curious to see, you know, again, what the market reaction was uh, to this week's economic news and, and also what some of the areas uh, most impacted were. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the markets have clearly been volatile uh, this week and, 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 and year to date. And there are probably several reasons that are just contributing to some of the anxiety uh, and uncertainty in the markets right now. For one, we know the the, the not only the U.S. economy, the, but the global economy will will have a bit of a hiccup over the first quarter due to Omicron. So, you know, just the macro there is is, is probably having an effect. Um, geopolitical tensions are, are front and center right now uh, with the conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Obviously, that has broader implications uh, for energy prices, but also for the, the the economies in that region o- overall. So, you know, that situation is obviously very fluid and something to keep an eye on. But perhaps the bigger issue uh, is probably what we just talked about, uh, and, and that's the central banks, and particularly the markets uh, reacting now to a more aggressive Fed uh, rate hiking cycle. And what that has done um, from a from a yield perspective, bond yield perspective, we've seen um Treasury yields rise from their December lows um, to where they are are currently, and that has clearly had an effect on, on the markets overall. Speculative technology, uh, uh, particularly because you know as interest rates uh, move higher, some of the the, the more growth oriented technology companies, their cash flow profile is a bit further out in the future. So. From that discounted mechanism, as their 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 valuations are are readjusted uh, lower, that has uh, that has an impact on on their pricing, and we've seen that kind of of you know exhibited in in, in a little bit more volatility on some of the more you know speculative technology names. So. If, just to give you an example, um, if we look at some of the, the the market performance so far this year, the S&P 500 index, the broad market's down about eight and a half percent, versus the Nasdaq uh, 100, which is you know more uh, more technology uh, oriented, is down about thirteen and a half percent. And we've also seen some differences in in style performances, where the Russell 1000 Value Index, which 
as the name would suggest, more more value and has less technology, has outperformed the Russell 1000 by about 5%. And, and conversely, the Russell 1000 uh, growth index which has a bit more of a technology orientation, has actually underperformed the Russell 1000 by about 4%. So you could see a pretty big uh, uh, spread in relative performance between value and growth, just like what we're seeing with the, between the broad market and perhaps like the NASDAQ 100, as we, as we talked about. Our view more broadly has been and has, has had us leaning more towards the value uh, factor. And it does seem like fundamentals are clearly uh, mattering uh, more these days. And 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 the markets are becoming a little bit more discriminating uh, than they were perhaps prior year. And that's you know not necessarily a bad thing. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that breakdown, Shay. And really interesting to see, again, how different parts of the market have been affected a, a bit differently um, by some of the different factors we're, we're seeing driving returns out there currently. So, so thank you for that. Um, so thank you, you know, again, Shay, obviously, for joining us for, for this week's edition of Market Week in Review and for the, the great perspective on this week's market events. Um, it is all the time uh, that we have for this week, but we'd like to thank everyone for joining again for another week of Market Week in Review and look forward to speaking with everyone again next week.